criticism. Hmm, do you know what that is? Do you have it? Where does it come from? Hmm, <laughs> well today we're gonna be answering all these questions and warning you um, so that you can prevent this from happening to you. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your psychiatrist and terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, perhaps uh, it's not clear just yet where, what terrorism has to do with creeping cynicism, but it will be clear. Now, first, I wanna tell you a story because this will illustrate for you um, whether you might be suffering from creeping cynicism or not. Now, you may have heard something about this story, but I have been following it intently, and I must say that um, I, I have a touch of the creeping cynicism myself. And um, one of the things, actually, it's, it's kind of ironic because one of the things that has uh, contributed to it is this story, and yet at the same time, um, the creeping cynicism of society has contributed to making this story happen. So it's a, it's a vicious cycle. This is the story about Santa Claus. <laughs> not, not the one that you're used to. Um, this is a story of a real man in Tennessee who plays Santa Claus. He has been doing this for the last 10 years. And his day job is actually as the president of a company. But when it gets to be the holidays, um, he dons uh, a Santa Claus outfit, a very professional Santa Claus outfit, and he goes to parties and children and gives out presents and, you know, makes people uh, jolly <laughs> and, and tries to um, foister more holiday spirit, you know, just basically making people happy with the spirit of, of Christmas. And so um, there was a nurse in his Tennessee town. His name is Eric Schmidt Matson. He's 61. And there was a nurse who knew of him, or knew him, actually, and knew that this was what he does. Um, and she was uh, aware of a five-year-old boy in the ICU at the hospital where she works who was suffering from a terminal illness. And she was worried that this little boy wasn't going to make it to Christmas. And so she called on Eric Schmidt Matsons, AKA Santa Claus, and she asked him to come to the hospital and bring Christmas to this little boy. It was actually in October. Um, so that he would have a Christmas and um, not, not be left out. I mean, get his wish, actually, to have Christmas. And so um, Santa Claus did, came to the hospital. Uh, he came, now, there are, there are videos that you can watch after you finish listening to this podcast um, of Eric, of Santa Claus, telling this story. Now, I believe him, and unless he is going to be the next greatest actor who is going to absolutely win an Oscar for his performance, his believable performance, then um, it's true. So he comes to the hospital, and the boy, little boy's family is all around, and um, he told 
the family that they needed to go out of the room you could they could still see into the room uh you know in icu there are the glass partitions but he was afraid that if the family started losing it you know crying then he would start crying and that would kind of defeat the purpose of his making the boy happy and bringing the spirit of christmas to him so the parents had gotten the boy a present and santa claus gave it to him and the little boy talked to him about how he was more scared or upset about missing Christmas than dying because little kids um, at that age really don't understand the concept of death. Um, hey, you know, we adults, <laughs> we, know, we know what happens on this side, but really, what do we know about death? So, um, the little boy was just telling Santa about how, you know, how upset he had been that he was going to miss Christmas and how happy he is that Santa Claus is there and giving him a present and all of that. And Santa told him that when he gets to the pearly gates, just to tell them that he is Santa's favorite elf. Well, that thrilled the little boy and comforted him. And he hugged Santa and died in Santa's arms. Now, it's a very touching story. And at first, um, it went viral and, you know, people were touched and inspired and so on. And then <laughs> some mean-spirited people, some um, people who have creeping cynicism, <laughs> uh, started doubting this story because Santa had said, from the beginning, that he wasn't going to reveal the names of the nurse because she really wasn't allowed to let Santa into the ICU. And he wasn't going to reveal the name of the little boy and his family because he wanted to protect their privacy. So some uh, creeping cynical people decided to doubt, put this whole story in doubt. And so then it went viral, you know, Santa Claus isn't telling the truth, this is a hoax, and so on. And now, uh, now Santa's saying, you know, he's very hurt, um, and he is saying that, um, that he, you know, that he's standing by his story, it isn't a lie. Um, and that he's hurt by all the doubts that have been surfacing. And he says, I tried to do a good deed, was talked into telling the story of what happened to me, and now the press is ridiculing me for standing my ground. So I think we need to, to bring Christmas to Santa. We need to cheer Santa up. And his wife has also done interviews, Mrs. Claus, <laughs> and she has talked about how devastated Santa was um, by the boy dying in his arms. She talks about how, you know, he isn't a therapist. He wasn't uh, trained to deal with this. And that the next day after this happened, um, he was really shaken up. And he even didn't attend some family function because he was just so brokenhearted um, and, and, and just, you know, shocked and, and um, I mean, on the one hand, of course, he was happy that he could bring this uh, Christmas to this little boy who, you know, wasn't going to last to Christmas, obviously. 
but um, but you know, he, of course, that's um, that would be devastating for anybody, even if you were a family member, to have a little boy die in your arms. So, um, if you are on the side of Santa, <laughs> there's hope for you. You may not have the full um, the, a full case of creeping uh, cynicism yet. Um, but if you're on the side of those who are doubting Santa then you need to really uh, start being concerned about yourself and where, where this is going. So let me tell you about, well, first of all, you know, by, by creeping cynicism, I'm talking about a, um, a general sense that you believe that people are motivated purely by self-interest, by people who are thinking that Santa Claus just wanted his 15 minutes of fame, and, um, or a general distrust of others' motives, distrusting, disparaging the motives of others. You know, in this season, it would be sort of a bah humbug uh, kind of feeling it, from Ebenezer Scrooge in Charles Dickens' novel, A Christmas Carol. So, um, but you know, it's not just about Christmas and it's not just about the holidays. It's sort of a general sense um, about being cynical, distrusting, having sort of a negative, pessimistic attitude about other people and other people's motives in general. So, why is there more of this creeping cynicism here now? And yes, I uh, named it that, creeping cynicism. <laughs> why more now? Well, of course, it has to be related to terrorism or else I wouldn't be telling you all these things since this is the terrorist therapist show. Um, of course, the key is terrorism. Um, you know, even though, especially around the holidays when we, you know, are trying to be in a good mood, normally, I mean, you know, usually, um, we, we want to try to forget about, <laughs> we want to try to forget about terrorism and, and, uh, uh, and think about more and think about happier things. But and we're in denial a lot of the time anyhow, um, but it's wearing on us. We are hearing every day, it's in the news, you know, yes, there isn't a huge terrorist attack every day in the news, but there is something, usually several things about terrorism in the news in any one day. And um, the crimes are getting worse and worse, more horrifying. If you watched, like if this was maybe before 9-11, and you were watching a movie, uh, not that terrorism in a sense didn't exist before 9-11, but we were all kind of uh, um, not really paying much attention to it until then. And if you saw in a movie some of the things that the terrorists do, from beheadings to rape to um, mutilation to tearing bodies apart, all these different things, to using kids and women to become suicide bombers, all of these things. If you saw this in a movie before 9-11, you would think, oh, God, what a cheesy movie. Um, uh, th this can't be real. This would never happen. This is just a cheesy movie. But you know, now we know. Now we know. We know it's real, and uh, we can't just walk out of the movie theater. It, the news of all these things follow us. So let me give you an example of something that was in the news just today about um, terrorism in Germany. The headlines were, of course, this was in the. Um, 
let's see, this was UPI uh, that was, you know, that was talking, well, lots of media outlets were talking about this story, but this particular headline came from UPI. And it says, Islamic State influenced boy 12 suspected of planting nail bomb at German market. A nail bomb in a backpack was diffused without incident. I mean, fortunately, fortunately, um, it was diffused before anybody was killed. And the boy is now in foster care. They're not really revealing a whole lot about the boy um, because of his age. But he's 12 years old. He's of Iraqi descent, but born in Germany. This is not one of the uh, immigrants. You know, this uh, Germany is having a huge, huge problem because of the um, huge number of immigrants that they have let in, um, many of whom have already shown themselves to be terrorists. But he was born in Germany, granted Iraqi descent, but he was, quote, strongly religiously radicalized by an, quote, unknown member, unquote, of the Islamic State terrorist organization. And he intended to travel to Iraq last summer to join ISIS. I mean, a 12, we're talking about a 12-year-old boy. Okay, that's what makes this so horrific. So we, okay, so we hear news like this, and um, it wears on us um, that a little child could be so brainwashed by ISIS, by the, the tidbits of terrorism, that he could try to set off bombs. So, um, you know, there have been more stabbings, car, um, people using their car. You know, it's not even now having to learn how to uh, make explosive devices, learning that over the internet or uh, being taught, taught directly. Um, but lone wolves, you know, doing all kinds of things. And we are becoming somewhat desensitized to this as a psychological defense mechanism to protect ourselves from the horror of it. But at the same time, at some level, it is wearing, it has been since 9-11, wearing on us more and more. Especially this year, 2016 was a particularly bad year for terrorist attacks. So um, what else is contributing to our creeping cynicism? Um, we also have recession fatigue. I mean, you know, we're told that, that the economy is so much better. <laughs> but, and yes, it is better than it was in 2008. But we are still not out of the woods. And um, we are tired. You know, it's fatigue just literal fatigue from working so much because so many of us are having to work more hours to make either the same amount of money or money with the same amount of buying power. So, so it's all tiring, exhausting. And um, it's not just holiday blues. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that this, oh, this is what people get every year. It's just holiday blues. It comes from nostalgia, um, remembering Christmases past or holidays past. It's not just Christmas. There's Hanukkah too. <laughs> um, but this is more. This is, you know, if you think about it, this is really a lot more than what people, uh, many people feel typically 
from year to year, or at least many people or some people feel some degree of holiday blues and some degree of nostalgia. So what are some of the symptoms of this creeping cynicism? I wonder if I can get this into the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that the American Psychiatric Association uses. Um, somehow I doubt it. But anyhow, it is a very descriptive term, and I think by now you probably all know what I'm talking about. But here are some of the symptoms. Here are some of the ways that you can know in terms of society that it has been happening. In October, uh, the you know, before Halloween, uh, there was the creepy clown phenomenon. I did a podcast on that. You can look that up. Um, fortunately, that seems to have died down since Halloween. Um, not necessarily forever, but at least for now, it seems to have died down. Um, in November, of course, November, the big news was the election. And so then there's this whole issue of fake news, and did fake news point us in a certain direction, and was the election hacked? And then there was election dissension um, between friends and family members and so on, where there's still, and that's not over with, you know, there's, uh, there are still, there are still some hard feelings amongst people. Um, I mean, I'm just beginning to get, <laughs> I lost a lot, of, so a lot of my Facebook friends were not happy about uh, who I was voting for. I'm just beginning to get them to put likes back on my Facebook page. Um, I, I lost some, uh, I lost some Twitter fans or Twitter followers too, but, uh, but that, that's coming back too. But still, you know, um, I'm sure you, whoever you voted for, I'm sure you know that there's still some, there are still some hard feelings um, between you and some of the people you know. So um, then in terms of the holidays it, themselves, um, there are, at least where I am in Los Angeles, there are fewer holiday decorations up on houses. You know, typically um, a lot of people put very nice uh, holiday decorations on their houses or on their front lawns and so on. And I, you know, it's, uh, it's the middle of December and um, I really don't see much of that. The only place I see it is in Beverly Hills where my office is. And Be Beverly Hills always goes over the top. And <laughs> I know this is my creeping cynicism talking, but um, really, uh, the, the primary reason is to get people to come there and to get people to spend money. And, uh, and that's another thing, another uh, pressure on us, another reason for this creeping cynicism, that um, earlier and earlier stores, not just in Beverly Hills, but all over, stores start putting up uh, signs about Christmas, sales for Christmas, trying to get you to start thinking about buying Christmas presents, um, you know, certainly by Thanksgiving and really even before. One thing that was good this year was that some stores refused to open on Thanksgiving or, or Black Friday. Um, but, you know, so they refused to open, but there was there were things on the internet instead. There were Black Fridays and something Mondays, um, you know, I mean, it was still bye, 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 uh, as if material things are going to be making us happy. 
So then, of course, um, besides there being fewer holiday decorations, there are these schools uh, that are that banning Santa Claus. Uh, not just schools, actually. There are different places that are banning Santa, banning holiday decorations, you know, public places, which I think is awful. It's giving in to terrorists. It's giving in to political correctness. And it's very depressing. It's very sad. And it is certainly contributing to my creeping cynicism. I mean, really, I'm Jewish, and I still appreciate Santa Claus. So this is all not going in a great direction. Um, what else? Well, let me go now to the um, to the Ask the Terrorist Therapist part of the show because I have a, um, a very um, poignant letter, um, and, email actually. And, um, you know, the point of all this, that I'm telling you all this, is not to make you even more cynical or depressed but to get you to be more aware of it in yourself so that you can stop it before it multiplies, stop it before the disease takes hold. It's an epidemic, and you can, um, you can try uh, curing yourself or, or doing prevention if it hasn't overtaken you yet. Well, this um, email is from Lindsay from Florida, and she says, Dear Terrorist Therapist, I just can't seem to get into the Christmas spirit this year. I sometimes get the holiday blues, but this feels different. I don't know if it's because of all the news about terrorism or what, but I feel the world is going to hell in a handbasket. My friends and coworkers seem to be struggling too. They're not as jolly as they usually are, and no one wants to bother with secret Santa gifts or big parties. I have two children, and I'm trying to make the holidays good for them. How do I get out of this funk? Well, Lindsay, um, you are not alone. Um, it is, it's from Florida. It's coast to coast. And I have a sneaking suspicion that it is also in other countries, um, certainly from my contacts with people in other countries, it, it seems to be, it seems to be worldwide. And again, remember, you know, the terrorist attacks that we've seen this year have been worldwide. France, Belgium, um, you know, the Middle East, of course, ongoing attacks. Um, California, San Bernardino, um, you know, they're, they're, and Ohio State. I mean, there are, it's hard to keep track because of all the lone wolves. It's hard to keep track of the smaller terrorist attacks, but they... It's just as, um, it's just as, they're just, they're just as distressing and as particularly because it's a sign of this not letting up, not going away. But here's what you can do. First of all, um, you need to, it's, it, you need to recognize it. And now I'm giving you a name for it, creeping cynicism. And um, once you're aware of it, you can start to do things to, um, to make yourself feel better. And you also, you've pointed out that you're noticing that your friends and coworkers are suffering from the same disease. So you need, it would be good if you could help them too, point it out in them too, you know, point out that they're not, how come we're not doing Secret Santa? You could try to rally them uh, to, to continue these traditions because, you know, it's, that's really, I mean, if, 
if we start losing um, losing our energy to to continue these traditions, and a lot of these traditions aren't necessarily super religious. Um, they're they're just traditions, you know. They're and they're things that traditions are are, are meant for a purpose. It's it's keeping um, keeping society feeling cohesive. It's keeping us feeling as if there's sort of a routine and a purpose to our lives and so on. And so hopefully you can encourage your friends and family and coworkers to keep up these traditions. I mean, Secret Santa is always fun, even though it's hard to, <laughs> you don't necessarily always get the gifts you want, but it's still a fun thing to do. And, um, and same thing with baking things, cooking things, having parties. You know, maybe people's hearts aren't really in it as much as, as in past years. But what happens is if you make yourself do it, when you actually participate in the activity, you get into it. At least maybe not as much as in the past, but a lot more than what you anticipated. So it's certainly worth doing. Um, on the internet, don't, don't get caught up in fake news. These these ads these so you know they, they look like real stories. Um, what does so and so look like now? You're not going to believe it, and you get caught up in that. And you, you know, and you, people are secretly hoping, oh, I hope they look awful now because then then it makes you feel better about yourself, right? But that's not a good. That's not good. And 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 then of course they say, look at how so and so looks now, and you have to go through. Um, 20 other people until you get to the one that you want to know about. Of course, why is that? Because there are ads on those pages that they get money for. So don't buy into that. Um, look for and rediscover and make more efforts to indulge in what could be considered hokey things like Christmas classics, you know, It's a Wonderful Life, The Miracle on 34th Street. I mean, you know, hokey, but still heartwarming. Um, these are Norman Rockwell moments. You need to create more of them for yourself. Buy a pup, buy or better yet, rescue a puppy or a kitten. Um, do something to try to reinstill if you've kind of gone astray. Reinstill um, spiritual and religious feelings in yourself. Go back to your house of worship if you haven't been um, going there as often as you used to. Look for the spiritual aspects of life, the sunsets, the sunrises, the, the clouds, the, it, you know, just all roses, all the things that are around you, that the world gives you for free every day that, you know, um, you just kind of walk past with your head down and feeling creeping cynicism. <laughs> instead. So um, that, that, those are my antidotes. Those, that's my prescription, actually. And um, I, I, I know that it will, and certainly, of course, when you have children, that makes it easier because, because yes, you put more effort to make these things happen, to make this go well, to do all the things that you know you want your children to remember in the future, just like the Christmases or the holidays that you're nostalgic for when you were a kid, um, create those holidays for your children so that they can look back on them and feel nostalgic. 
no, they'll have these, I mean, yes, but at least they will have these beautiful memories to look back on. So that, that makes it a little easier. And of course, of course, giving to others, going through your closet and finding clothes or going through your house and finding all kinds of objects to, to donate to people, to, um, to goodwill or the homeless or, you know, some kind of charity. Um, all of that giving is, is, is a really the best antidote for creeping cynicism. Well, um, I want to thank you for um, listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. And just remember, um, you don't want to go into 2017 with creeping cynicism because you will make that a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, all the things that you're cynical about, you will bring with you into the new year. So remember all these things, my, my prescription, and um, do all these things and make sure you don't catch it. No creeping cynicism for you.